<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, a quick note about ads from us, your hosts. We are picky about our advertisers and all of our partners or brands or products that we either use ourselves or that we think our audience would benefit from knowing about. Working with advertisers is what allows us to make this show and they keep working with us because you, our listeners, use the unique links and codes they provide. It's one of the most meaningful ways to support what we do. So thanks for that. We're really, really grateful. If you're ever looking for a specific code, head to a thing or two hq.com slash sponsors and you'll find them all. Okay, here's the show. Not to be all new year, new you or anything, but this episode, which originally aired in June of 2022, does have a certain like January vibe about it. It is about aging and logging, both topics of which we got like tons of feedback about. And I'm thinking that like, since we are, you know, sort of 18 months from this original conversation, maybe we need to get more feedback about how this has aged mm. as we have aged, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. how are how are people living with logging January, 2024? How's that going? How are we feeling about aging as we are, as we are older? <laughs> I don't <question>. know. <laughs> we would welcome an email at podcasts at a thing or two hq.com or a voicemail at 833-632-5463. Perhaps we can round them all up and dig into this again. Oh my gosh. Would love to. Welcome to A Thing or Two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Mazer. <laughs> and I'm Erica Cerullo. If you want more where this came from and want to support us in general, head to a thing or two hq.com and sign up for Secret Menu, which will get you weekly access to members-only content. To share your thoughts on this episode or anything at all, leave us a voicemail at 833-632-5463 or DM us on Instagram at a thing or two hq. Do you think it's charming that we record that new for every time and just like And sometimes <laughs> I think that you're supposed to say I'm Claire Mazer. <laughs> yeah. It just feels like a natural point, transition point for me. Yeah, totally. Know. Before your name. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, get out of there. Yeah. Get out it's of a there. complete thought. Totally. Totally. We have a lot to talk about today. We do. We have some, maybe it's a wisdom episode. I got a really oh, good piece wisdom. of wisdom. Yeah. yeah. Wisdom. Mm. I got some wisdom. I was talking to a friend the other day. She was ta- talking about sort of how, you know, sometimes she fantasizes about having another kid, but she like knows she's not going to for a million different reasons. And that one of the things that made her feel sort of at peace with this was this piece of wisdom that another friend of hers had shared for her with her about like the decision to have or not have another kid. And she said, it's good to live with a little longing in life. Like 
it's okay. And I was so floored by that. I immediately came home and shared it with you because yes. it just felt like such a relief to hear it. Like, yes, yes, yes. Because it, it's like that permission to be like, of course, you're not going to get all the, like do all the things you think you might want to do, get all the things you think you might want. Like that's normal. That's just like called being a human. Right. And I think that we have, we're in this culture. I, you, you know, no one needs me to tell you this, but it's hustle culture. And it's like optimizing for everything. And it's like manifesting everything you want. And I loved the optimizing your manifesting. Even. Yeah. Optimize your manifest and your hustle. And I love this idea of like, you actually like don't have to solve for everything. You don't always have to make the exact right choice. You just have to make the best choice for you in the moment and acknowledge that there's always going to be stuff you want that you don't have. And that's actually a good thing. And I just felt so relieved by that for some reason, because I think it applies to so many like big and small decisions. And especially those decisions you wrestle with over and over, it feels so much easier to make them in the context of like, yes, whichever choice you make, there's going to be stuff you can't have. And that's okay. And that's probably a good thing. And like, it's not because you didn't work hard enough. It's not because you didn't manifest it. It's not because you're a bad person or like a not good enough person. It's just because we all live with longing. We all live with longing. The thing that you're saying about like, because, you know, when you make one decision, obviously like something else goes away. Mm -hmm. Thomas's aunt has a line where she's like, everything has two sides. Yes. Like obviously in opening one door, you're closing another. That's just how all this works. And yeah, I think we're also just like very good at discounting timing of things yes. and like luck and, and all of those other factors that come into play when we're making this, the mood, like, yes. yeah. So many factors come into making the decisions that we make. Well, and that's the thing, right? Like you can always look back at decisions and say like, I didn't get everything I wanted, but that was the best decision for me at the time. Right. It's like a timing is such a big thing with all of this stuff. And I, I do think that my brain is very much geared towards figuring out how to get everything I want. And I just found it to be such a relief to like be told it's a good thing to not get everything you want, which of course is like crazy to have to, to have that be a revelation, but it is sometimes. It is. It is. It yeah. is. It made me think of sometime in my twenties and I, I like really could not, I like Googled very strange things to try to get to the, the source of this quote or this line, which was basically the idea that of the of your love life, career, and like your family slash friendships, like those three things, only two can ever be going well at, a, at one time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was just like wonderful. Right. It's like there's an analogy about the burners, right? On the stove. Yeah. This is how I feel like I hear this sometimes. <laughs> totally, totally, yeah. totally. Don't worry. When I was Googling like mm -hmm. relationships and three and going well and whatever, I just got a lot of thruple content. So, Glad. you know, that's out there too. Yeah. Good. There's something yeah. for everybody. Yeah. yeah not totally. everything needs to be so high pressure because you just won't always get everything you want. And even the conceit that you should get everything you want is so problematic. It's flawed. Should we move into something that feels extremely related to this? And I can't Very explain much so. why. But yeah. aging, aging. Just wisdom. It's the wisdom, the wisdom. app. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that wisdom app, that yep. wisdom app. Mm -hmm. We're getting close to our 40s. <laughs> Me closer than you. I'm 39. Yes. How old are you? 38. Nailed I say it. with confidence. N absolutely with nailed confidence. it. Yeah. Could you have said it with confidence had I not said I was 39 first? That helped, but I also <laughs> just had had the conversation about two days ago mm, okay. where I had to figure it out. And so I had just, I had just reminded myself that I am in fact 38. I How are it. you feeling about getting close to your forties? 
I don't think about it very much, mm-hmm. like the year thing. I mean, I, I do think about getting older. I do think about like mm-hmm. maybe like just bodily getting older. And, you know, like physically, I think that's the thing that I'm more hung up on. You know, my tailbone right. pain that mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. comes and goes for long stints. Like I, you know, sitting on my comfy life cushion, <laughs> um, feeling really creaky if I don't mm-hmm. exercise for a day and stretch. Like I feel like my lived experience of getting older is what the thing I tend to focus on more than the idea of my 30s or 40s or whatever. Same. I think not like I really had strong feelings about turning 30 at all, but I just had always had a sense that my 30s would be great. Or like, Mm. I just looked forward to my 30s. 30s felt like a good decade to be in. Because I just love the idea of being an adult and having it together. And like, you know, even when I was a kid, I was like, 30s is when you're like, that's got it together. You're taken seriously. I always thought 30s would be a fun decade to be in, but I've never had any preconceived notions about what 40s would be. Interesting. I I was thinking like, I think, you know, my my parents were just in my head always in their 40s when I was growing up. Like I never Mm. knew how old they were. were For like two decades, they were in their 40s. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I think when we were growing up, parents were in their 40s just as a concept. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, expectations around decades have changed so much. Like it, I think, you know, thirties used to be sort of older than it is now in some ways, like people, you know, can, you're, you're not really expected to have it all figured out by your thirties and you don't need to have it all figured out at any point. No, true. Yeah. But I yeah. think, but at I think some yeah, point there saying. was an idea that like by your thirties, you were married with kids, you had your career path settled. And I think there's less of an expectation around that than there was at some point. Totally. Totally. I do think also, you know, because of the age we are, how many posts have we seen over the last however many years, the, the like, this is 40 birthday posts. Mm, it's like mm-hmm. meant to be like hot and cool and fun <laughs> and this and that and the other. Yeah. I keep, I keep thinking about those memes that show you how old the characters from your favorite 80s TV shows were. And you're like, uh-huh. wait, Norm from Cheers was the same age I am now. And it's such a mind fuck. <laughs> CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome Welcome to to Barely Barely Filtered, hosted by us. I'm Aurora Culpo. 
star of the HBO Max show, The Culpo Sisters. Don't tell my sisters I said so. I'm a recently divorced mom of two living in Los Angeles with my ex-husband. I'm part granola mom, part glamorous jet setter. I'm Kristen Gaffney, also a mom, a startup nerd who modeled for Sports Illustrated Swimsuit and the founder and CEO of Super True. I always like to microdose my coffee before I hit up carpool. Welcome to Barely Filtered, our safe space. <laughs> Here, we discuss health and wellness, becoming a grown-ass woman, and what's going on in this crazy world. And while we don't agree on everything, we do agree on this. We, we want, want you, you to live, live your best in life. What has shifted in your mentality as you've gotten older? I can access a perspective that things change and that Mm. just because something is how it is right now doesn't mean that's how it's always going to be. Like there Mm. are seasons of life for everything. You might not be in the season of life where your career is thriving or your romantic life is thriving, but that doesn't mean that is how your life is always going to be. And I have tried to use that to sort of like calm myself down, calm down friends when they're freaking out about something. Because I think when I was younger, I did always feel like if something wasn't going well, that meant it was never going to go well unless I addressed it right that second. It was like a problem that needed to be solved and and expeditiously. Right. Exactly. And also that like there wasn't time to like make long-term plans or to think long-term. Not that you shouldn't try to change things that are bothering you or that, that you're not happy with. But I think I have an ability now to sort of say like, it's not going great right now or it's going great right now or whatever, but I know it's not always going to be that way. It's like friendships, career, marriage, like fitness stuff. I obviously don't run nearly as much as I used to because I have a kid now and I have a different morning schedule and realizing that that's not always going to be the case where I have to get my kid to school in the morning and, or, you know, at some point my kid's not going to want to hang out with me on the weekend. So yeah, I'm not going to run a marathon this year, but maybe in like, I don't know, five years, 10 years, I'll have the time to do that. And that's okay. I've been thinking about this when it comes to career stuff lately. I had a friend's wedding recently where I was getting a lot of questions from people that I hadn't seen since Of A Kind closed and who Mm. like know my career is that basically. Mm. And just getting a lot of questions about like, what's the five-year plan and what's next? And Mm. like, where, like, where is Somebody asking you a five-year plan at a wedding needs to be shown the door. Claire, I do not disagree. I (laughs) tend not to disagree. But it felt nice to be like, kind of to shrug and Mm -hmm. to be like, I don't know. Like, and I don't, you know, who knows like what is ahead. And yeah, I like actually really like where I am right now. And it's totally different than where I maybe thought I was going to be 10 years ago. I do remember times earlier in our careers where I would feel like, okay, we got to this place. Now it just has to stay this way forever. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, Really wanting to be like, like, you're treading water or like the duck, the duck sitting on the lake, right? (laughs) That meme, the like duck who's like working so hard under the surface that you can't see his little feet. Exactly. Yeah. And I was just like, this, okay, we finally figured it out. This ha- just, and now I just have to keep doing this till I'm 65. I think like parenting obviously has been such a big part of learning this lesson where everything about parenting is just so temporary, the good things and the bad, like the things that are wonderful about a certain stage. I mean, like two words, sleep regression, yeah, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> just like, like the idea that like, as soon as you feel like you figured something out, it totally changes. Yes, exactly. And so that's been such a helpful thing. And, 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 and obviously the pandemic has been such a helpful thing in learning this. And also, you know, shutting down of a kind and all of that stuff has just been like, allowed me to realize like none of this stuff is worth, you know, completely 
freaking out about and planning your life around because it all changes. It all changes. The good and the bad. So you also have to, you know, be extra grateful for the good stuff. The seasons of life concept is a good one. And I think that we've both just been thinking more about how it applies to friendship and just recognizing that a friendship that could have been like core to your day-to-day years ago might not be now, but it could be again in the future. Yes. Like it doesn't mean that this is that this like friendship has died or that you have to solve this problem immediately or that, or that there's like a problem necessarily right. at all. Yes. I do think that is a nice thing about age of just having a new perspective and a new way of valuing friendships. I like, I have a lot of really old friends, you among them, obviously that, and I've always really valued the idea of like a friend who's known you for a really long time and have seen you through different phases in your life. And some of those old friends have been a constant in my life the entire time we've been friends. You are, you are one of those people, but I do have other ones who like we've grown apart and back together. And sometimes I find that just as rewarding because you have that validation of like this friendship will always be there no matter what happens. It's it's like a real thing. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's not contingent on seeing each other every day or talking to each other every week. And I like that acceptance. It feels mature. (laughs) Yeah. It feels really mature to be like, oh, you like now we both have kids the same age or now we live closer to each other. And like now we can like sort of it's easier for us to be closer. There's more of more things for us to connect over. And it's not a bad thing that we grew apart for a little bit. It's just seasons of life. Yes. I think that like that proximity point is a really good one. It's like, of course, physical proximity, yes, Mm -hmm. but also proximity in terms of life stages or life Mm -hmm. situations or just like shit you're going through or, you know, something you need a sounding board around. And I've had some family stuff going on recently and I sort of like separately, incidentally, have been a little bit more in touch with some of my junior high and high school friends. And I found that it's been really nice to engage with those people who have more context and background about Mm. just like when things, that things weren't always like this in my family life. They just have that like baseline foundational understanding of where it started and how it got here Mm -hmm. in a way that's useful. I think it's like, so it's, it's sacred. It's so special to have those moments of, of, and, and those relationships where people know that. And yeah, I do think that probably when I was younger, if I grew apart from someone, I would take it as a sign that we weren't meant to be friends or that like mm-hmm. we didn't like each other mm-hmm. enough or something mm-hmm. like that. And it's nice to now have the perspective that that's not what it's about. Yeah. I can't decide if this is related to getting older or mm-hmm. pandemic stuff or just a, common, a combination of all of it. Mm-hmm. But we're still not really seeing acquaintances the no. way that we once did. Yeah. And it's starting to feel like more of a lasting po- like pandemic shift. And also just, I do think like you're at, we're at an age where we don't just like go out on a Saturday yes. night and bump into friends of friends. And, you know, we only go to so many parties or like whatever that is. Yes. Yeah. Right. And I do, I think the other thing too, is that there used to be a sort of convenience to it where like you're going to the office. If you're already out of the house, sure, I'll meet you for a drink on the way home, or I'll have breakfast with you on the way to the office. And now it's like, if you're not going to the office, it feels like, wait, am I getting dressed and leaving the house just for this? Not that, you know, it, of course it's it's always nice to, but I think it it feels like more of a lift in a way. Right, because you're adding commutes and all mm-hmm. of those things. And it's just like a different kind of commitment. For a while, I was trying to do more morning and like late afternoon walks with people, but I've really fallen off. And it's been feeling hard to, to wedge these relationships into a work day. The sorts of relationships where maybe a last minute text doesn't feel like the vibe. And an are you free like this afternoon isn't really the energy. I have to say this has been something that's been coming up for me a lot lately is like the difference between the friends who you can send a last minute text to and those who you cannot. Mm. And I was thinking about this in terms of the question of like how many friends is 
too many or not enough friends. And I know that there was a big article about this in New York Times recently. And I feel like somebody writes a big article about it every couple of years. It really does feel like every other year. Like, and sometimes they'll be like three to five is right. And then they'll be like 10 to 12 is right. And I'm like, okay, like, also, why are we supposed to do about this? Yes, exactly. What are we supposed to do about this? Exactly. It's not applicable to your life. It's totally uninteresting to me. Like, I'm not going to, you know, add or pair back. Right. I'm not going to do that. But the thing that I realized was that for me, the more relevant numbers, like the number of friends that you can text last minute, because I have friends who I make plans with one week to one month in advance, right? Yes. Where it's like, yes. and, and maybe even too many of those sometimes it feels like where I have those like, yes. like sort of formal friendships. But the thing that really makes me feel like grounded and like in community, I'll say like surrounded by, you know, and, and by love is is having enough friends that I can text on a Friday morning and be like, are you around tonight? Or who I can text when I'm at the playground and be like, I don't know if you're around, but we're at the playground by your house. If you want to just like come say hi, that feels really important to me at this stage of my life. And and honestly, always at all the stages of life, but though I, a lot of those friends have moved and I have not as many of those, I think these days. I mean, that is, that is the hard part because that is like a proximity relationship. And I've been trying to in some of those moments, do the like unscheduled call, which does just like, you know, we've talked about this before. I am just not a phone person. Mm-hmm. I just like, but there are certain relationships, probably like three or four, where I'm like, you're really good at the phone. This is like, you cut through the bullshit very quickly. And this like does feel like a phone conversation that's not just like catching up or like getting someone up to speed. And that's, yeah, that's what I need to prioritize, especially as like time is just thinner and you just have less time to see the people perhaps. Do you feel like you can be friends with someone you don't see or like catch up with regularly? I've been thinking about this a lot. I mean, I think so. I think it's a seasons of life thing. I think so. As long as you're not like fully, fully out of touch. Yeah, I think that's right. But then again, I have friends that I like, I do have a couple of friends who I've been in more regular communication with over the last couple of months that I was sort of like fully out of touch with for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's not even true. Yeah. And I would still call them my friends that, that whole time for sure. Yeah, I think it depends on like the length and the strength of the friendship. Correct. I will say, I think more than anything, body and health stuff has been what's made me feel my age and what's made me sort of like accept the phase of life I am. Because I feel like you do hear all the time growing up that 40 is sort of when things change, when they, it's like, slower. Everything feels slower, slower, slower to recover. Heal. Like, exactly. yeah, you get, exactly. a, I get like a cut now and I'm like, wait, how long did that take to get better? Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. And you and I have both had like health things like you talked about with your tailbone and just like I had <laughs> skin cancer and we've both had to get lumps in our breasts checked out and stuff like that. And I had some, yeah, I've just real our age stuff. Yeah. Real hour I got a colonoscopy yeah. for the first time, all of this stuff where it was like, oh, this is where we are now. And I do think it's just given me a new sort of awareness of my body as like more than just the thing that I see in the mirror every day. (laughs) Like it's the vessel and a sort of gratitude for the ways in which it works and a fear for the way in which it might not. Yeah, totally. Totally. I think the thing that I've tried to focus on around this particular topic over the last couple of years is just like building strength and flexibility and mm-hmm. balance now. My favorite yoga teacher, Kate Posh, who teaches at Sky Ting at some point said something about like, it's basically like so much harder for women to build muscle after 40. And listen, I'm like not sure about the science of this. Um, no, but I read this too. I've read this too. And, and yeah. multiple places. Like, well, because I think women start to lose 
you lose muscle mass. Muscle mass and bone density and all of that. Yes. And it just made me really want, like, it just felt like a really good motivator. And, Mm -hmm. you know, sort of watching my parents get older and all of that has made me want to focus on, like, gaining those things now. And it reminded me of the really fantastic book, Being Mortal by Atul Mm -hmm. Gawande. And I remember, like, God, this book is about death, right, Claire? Mm -hmm. This book is, like, actively about Mm -hmm. death. And I remember specifically sections about falling and, like, balance. This is, like, really what, like, uh stuck with me. He said, he writes, the three primary risk factors for falling are poor balance, taking more than four prescription medications and muscle weakness. So like two of those things we can like work on now. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And he also said around age 41 begins to lose muscle mass and power by age 80. One has lost between a quarter and a half of one's muscle weight. Wow. So if you, you have to have it to lose it, first of all, or if you, know, if you're in a better starting place, you're just going to like end up in a better place if you're keeping it up. Casey, who writes Ask a Swole Woman, recently became, I think sort of like over the pandemic became a bit of a thing, talks a lot about like what, what she has gained in starting to do strength training. And I think she and a number of others have just sort of made strength training a more of a trend, I'll say, like more of a fitness trend lately. And it has just given me a new awareness of like, oh, I like, I have to focus on, on being strong too. There was this really yeah. good essay in um, the Gloria newsletter from this beauty writer who I love, Cheryl Wishover, who talks about starting her strength training journey. And she said, I haven't ignored weights in my fitness life. I've done plenty of so-called sculpt classes where you're doing high reps with small to medium weights. And I've hired personal trainers occasionally. I know how to squat and deadlift properly, but I've never done a consistent strength training program, the kind where you lift some heavy weights and wait a few minutes and lift some more. And there's not a constant river of sweat pouring into your bra while your heart races. In two months of consistent and organized weight training, my knees have stopped aching so much. I feel stronger. I'm walking farther and faster. My core feels less mushy and my hip has stopped making a weird, annoying clicking sound, which has like made me kind of want to get into actual weightlifting, which I'm not going to do unless I join a gym and have access to barbells. But what I did do is I bought heavier hand weights to do the Peloton strength training classes with. So I got 12 and 15 pounds and I really like it. Like I like the feeling a lot. And I have to say like sort of two things. One, physically, I just like the feeling of fatigued muscles afterwards. And it's like, yeah. it is different than, you know, what she references, the like sculpt classes, the low, the low weights. Right. Lot, it's like which, more like gumby legs or arms mm-hmm, or whatever. Exactly. Or, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I love bar method, like, which is all about high reps, low weights, but it's a really different feeling. It's like you said, that gumby arms and you have it for like hours after dealing with heavy weights and it feels really good. But the other revelation for me has been that mentally it, it gets me closer to the exhilaration I feel from cardio and running. And I had always sort of avoided strength training because I was like, well, if I don't get my like cardio high, then I'm not going to be okay today. And I actually think I can kind of get it from lifting heavier weights. And so because I'm like- Because it's so distracting or because of- No, no, just like yeah. the, there's something physically the going about on. It. Yeah, the yeah. fatigue or something. But like, I used to just be such a baby about like, I, well, I couldn't do a yoga class unless I also run. Not because like, oh, I've got to burn all the calories, but because I'm like, I, I need the- the endorphins that come with it. Yeah. And there's something about, maybe it's the exertion, I don't know, but there's something about doing those strength training classes with heavier weights that I actually feel like, no, I, I got, I got the dose. I got the, like the, the exercise antidepressant that I needed for today. So now I'm like, kind of want to join a gym and maybe do like barbell stuff. I don't know. 
I like that idea. I took a Pilates class, like one Pilates class, one like reformer Pilates class that I've taken in three years. So, <laughs> but I, I took a reformer class that involved a kettlebell and it was like a 20 pound kettlebell or maybe wow. 25. And I really liked it. And yeah. like, I was like, oh, maybe like a kettlebell is like a good, I mean, I think another really interesting part of this or just core part of this is that there's something powerful about taking the time and making the commitment to actually be in your body, especially mm-hmm. when it's growing through changes mm-hmm. so that it doesn't feel like it's this like other thing. I don't know. Like, I think it's very easy for me to get in this place of like, what is my body doing? Mm. As if it's not me. <laughs> As if it's like some like... It's a different person. Yeah. yeah different being. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. And our friend Kayleen Schaefer wrote this great piece for Elle last year called How 50 Push-Ups a Day Help Me Cope in an Uncertain World. And she wrote, for me, the push-ups are about grounding myself in this period when nothing's like I thought it would be. And they're about surprising myself with what I can do. They're about a lifting and lowering that feels bigger than it actually is. Mm-hmm. And so basically, Kayleen and a couple other friends of hers did 50 push-ups a day. She did it for like over a year. And I knew about this the whole time it was happening, but for whatever reason, felt like absolutely no motivation to in- mm-hmm. engage with it until she wrote about it. And then I was like, <laughs> I think I want to start doing some push-ups. Very inspirational. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think in general with strength training is so rewarding. I mean, you know, mo- most exercises are like this, but I think strength training it's particularly pronounced that you see that progress too. And you're like, and just like I did that. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 exactly. You're like, I can now do X number of push-ups in a row and I can mm-hmm. only do X number, Y number right. before. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Is there other other ways in which you're, you're relating to your body differently in age? Mm. I think I, I'm, <laughs> I asked you, but I'm going to answer. Please, please, please. I think I feel less of a sense of agency, to be honest, where I always thought like, I will just fix that. There's some things where I'm just like, I don't know if I can fix everything. Yeah. I think it's, I think, yeah. I think what we're like both kind of circling is the idea that while we may have it in, like we, while we may both be working on certain things Mm -hmm. and trying to solve like certain, you know, ongoing medical, like bodily issues in our lives. Mm -hmm. Right. There's also like, on the other hand, approaching it with some amount of acceptance. That's what it is. I think when I would have injuries or illnesses or whatever, when I was younger, it was always like, it will work itself out. You know, I never assumed that it would be around forever. And now there is some part of me that's like, how do I learn to live with this? Yeah. Yes, Mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. May we speak for a moment about fashion? Oh, please. Please. This is the other way in which I feel my age. I hate, I'm like embarrassed to say it. I just feel like I've given up in some way. I don't think you've given up (laughs) in some way, but I think that like, Listen, it's been a weird couple of years during mm-hmm. a part of our lives where I think a lot of people do just say, like, I don't care what the trend is anymore. I'm wearing my skinny jeans or whatever it is, right? Well, and like the sweatpants. I mean, I will say that there's a unique sort of relationship to fashion that comes with entering your late th- 30s at a time when a lot of people give up at the same time that a pandemic happens and nobody leaves the house. So then you're like doubly giving up. Yes. I think that I would define our fashion like sense or whatever of our early 30s as both feeling like we established a personal style and we don't ever have to think about this again. Oh, like yeah. and it's like LOL, just like what a false sense of whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did I I in my early 30s I had got a real thrill from being like, I can now, I now understand my personal style and I shopping is so much easier and I actually like the things in my wardrobe. And also I'm making a little bit more money so I can afford to buy the things I like. And I'm not like making these mistakes all the time. I really Mm. thought I had it figured out and then I was done. 
I hear you. And then I think for me, there were a couple of things that happened. One, I realized that like the core of my personal style, which is wearing a lot of like black, really works poorly on for Zoom culture. Or at least for my own, like I don't want to stare at myself on a black t-shirt on mm-hmm. Zoom all day. It felt very depressing and I just felt like a floating head and, you know, like finer details that I rely on people seeing get lost. Like yes. you can't yeah, tell totally. what this shirt is made of. It's just a black yeah. short sleeve something. Yes. I never thought about that, but you do love a subtle detail, a subtle, I love a subtle flourish. Detail. You yeah. really do. And that I never thought about that, but you do. You really love like a clever but subtle flourish. Yeah. I love the buttons up the back of something. Yes. Guess what you're not going to ever see? Buttons up the back wow. of anything I wear on Zoom. Had not had not realized that until now. I'm sorry for, I didn't realize this personal pain that you were experiencing. Thank you you for acknowledging it. Um, I'm sorry I wasn't there for you. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. I also just think that it's actually not fun to be like, oh, great, I have my personal style. I'm done. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm calling it. Like, I think it takes a little bit of the joy out of it because there should be joy. We like getting dressed. We like, you know, that's like fun. And if you feel like, well, I've done it, like what, you're going to be awfully bored. Interesting. Interesting angle on this that I had not heard from you. For me, I would say it was much more like environmental changes where Mm. first I had a baby and I needed things I could breastfeed in. So I was just like, and I felt like I had to buy all new things for that or a lot of new things. And then like my body changed. And so that too... And then I had a toddler and I stopped going to the office. And so this closet full of crisp white shirts that I had felt just insane (laughs) in any context, like parenting, working, it was just no need for it. And I just have not really made my way back to a solid sense of what I want yet. And I feel 20 again, like I'm buying stuff and then being like, why did I buy this? I don't like that. And I don't quite know what, what I, what I'm wearing these days. And it's just like, yeah, all these things have shifted. Is 40... Is 40s the 20s of middle age? I have had this theory before. I I remember, yes, I'm very concerned about it because I do think 50s are I know, it is, it is concerning. It is genuinely like- No, I've long yet. wondered about this. Thank you for oh, reminding me so. about this. I no, I think it is. So. Oh, I actually okay. think you're right. Okay. I, I forgot about this theory. Yes. I'm really glad you brought it up. Yes. Because also I feel like, right, the 50s or the 30s and- mm-hmm. The 60s are kind of the 20s of of being older, right? You're probably right. And whereas your 70s or your 30s of getting older. Yeah. Yes, I think it starts over every 20 years, unfortunately. We're on a 20-year cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about this. So yeah, I look forward to being 50. I mean, J-Lo is making her 50s look great for one. Totally. Totally. So if she's, she's definitely vacation. having her, third, her 30s of her 50s or whatever. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Convoluted nonsense. Absolutely. I will say something that I feel good about and that I've been like marching towards all through my 30s was just a total lack of patience for discomfort. And any any capacity that I had for it is has been completely just done away with. In stressing about all of this, whether it's like my body or my clothes, I have been trying to remember this quote and I cannot remember who said it, probably more than one person. The way I look is the least interesting thing about me, which I truly believe, but it's hard to remember and hard to embody sometimes. Yes. Yes. The other thing I've been trying to think about in just considering age and all of this is the way the last few years have warped our sense of time. 
there's this well and good article I read the other day about pandemic foot and people are getting injuries, returning to activities or starting new ones that they didn't do for months. Also forgetting how long it's been <laughs> since they haven't done them because yes. they're like, well, I used to do that all the time. You're like, dude, used to is two and a half years. Like right. two and a half years is very different. And like, obviously things have happened over those times and people have like, you know, moved and got new jobs and had kids and gotten divorces and like so much has happened. Right. But I think it's very easy to feel a little bit like a Jurassic Park mosquito in the amber where mm-hmm. it's just like, well, time froze. And what was true in 2019 should thus be true of me now. Like what could, yes. how could those things have possibly changed? Mm-hmm. Completely. I, it, it took me so long even with Cam, who obviously actively changes from week to week to accept that he was not the same child he was when the pandemic started. And like, (laughs) I I see pictures of him. I see pictures of myself. And I'm like, how have we both changed that much? And it's like, well, it's been a while. It's been a minute. Yeah. It's been a minute. And we're all just getting older every day. Even Cam. Even Cam. so old. Yeah. (sighs) If you have thoughts on aging, leave us voicemail, send us a DM. Maybe I feel like we probably have an aging part two episode in us. We barely scratched the surface. It's true. That's the show. This has been a production of Dear Media, and we are so grateful to the talented team over there for helping us make this podcast happen, especially to our wonderful producer, Ali Slice. You can follow us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. And if you have ideas for our show or want to advertise, email podcast at a thing or two HQ.com. Find show notes and sign up for our newsletter at a thing or two HQ.com too. If you love the show, consider supporting it by signing up for a secret menu also at a thing or two HQ.com. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.